When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello guys, good evening. Teacher Sam here with Maverick Lingo, bringing you another episode of this wonderful English learning podcast called You, Me and Words. You know, this is episode five, season two, and it is 2021. I want to take this opportunity and wish you all a very happy new year. I wish you a lot of prosperity, a lot of health. Uh, I also want to thank you guys very quickly for all your support with this podcast. Uh, believe me, it is very much appreciated. Uh, I put my heart and soul into this podcast and it makes me very happy when I see so much support flooding in from all of you guys from all around the world. Thank you, Argentina. Thank you, Brazil. Thank you, Colombia. Thank you, Albania. Thank you, Kosovo. Thank you, Sweden. Thank you, uh, people from around the U.S. It doesn't matter which country you are in. Uh, know that I am very, very grateful to you for the support. Okay. Um, I also know that you guys are enjoying very much uh, this book reading session that we're having here today. So that's what I'm going to do here tonight with you guys. I'm going to continue to read chapter six in our beloved, wonderful book, uh, Charlotte's Web, uh, written by E.B. White. I always tell you this, guys, I do not own any types of rights uh, to this book. I am simply reading it uh, for you English learners out there to help you to become better readers, to really learn how to appreciate a book uh, that's written in a different uh, language, uh, but also to hopefully help you to become a better reader in general. Um, I want to know you, I want to also let you guys know that this book is $7 on Amazon and I strongly recommend that you buy it. Uh, I do not get any profits from this book, but I, as I have always told you, I think it's really important to support other people's work. And also, I think it's a great idea for you to follow me as I read this book so that you can always go back, review it, highlight the words and, you know, create that very special relationship with books. Okay. All right. So here we go, guys. Uh, the name of chapter six is Summer Days. The early summer days on a farm are the happiest and fairest days of the year. Lilacs bloom and make the air sweet and then fade. Apple blossoms come with the lilacs and the, and the bees visit around among the apple trees. The days grow warm and soft, 
School ends and children have time to play and to fish for trouts in the brook. Avery often brought a trout home in his pocket, warm and stiff and ready to be fried for supper. Now, before I continue to read, I want to talk to you guys about a couple of things. So, we see the word blossoms. So, apple blossoms. And then we see the name lilacs, which is a very beautiful flower, a very beautiful plant that usually blossoms in the spring, early summer. Okay, and what exactly is a trout? It's the name for a specific fish. Okay, so I know that we haven't mentioned Avery in a little while now, but don't forget that Avery is Charlotte's, I'm sorry, Charlotte's. <laughs> uh, don't forget that Avery is Fern's brother. Okay, and so here we are told that Avery often brought a trout home in his pocket, warm and stiff and ready to be fried for supper. Now, I might have mentioned this word before. Supper means dinner. Be careful with the pronunciation of that word. You don't want to say super or something like that, right? You want to say supper, okay? And for example, in California and, you know, in New York, people say dinner, but like in the southern states of the United States, people tend to use the word supper, which means dinner. Now that school was over, Fern visited the barn almost every day to sit quietly on her stool. The animals treated her as an equal. The sheep lay calmly at her feet. Around the 1st of July, the workhorses were hitched to the mowing machine, mowing machine, excuse me, and Mr. Zuckerman climbed into the seat and drove into the field. All morning, you could hear the rattle of the machine as it went round and round, while the tall grass fell down behind the cutter bar in long green swaths. Next day, if there was no thunder shower, all hands would help rake and pitch and load, and the hay would be hauled to the barn in the high hay wagon, with Fern and Avery riding at the top of the load. Then the hay would be hoisted, sweet and warm, into the big loft until the whole barn seemed like a wonderful bed of Timothy and Clover. It was fine to jump in and perfect to hide in. And sometimes Avery would find a little grass snake in the hay and would add it to the other things in his pocket. Early summer, early summer days are a jubilee time for birds. In the fields around the house, in the barn, in the woods, in the swamp, everywhere. Everywhere, love and songs and nests and eggs. From the edge of the woods, the white-throated sparrow, which must come all the way from Boston, calls, oh, Peabody, 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 on an, on an apple bow, the phoby teeters and wags its tails and says, Phoebe, Phoebe. 
The song sparrow who knows how brief and lovely life is says sweet, sweet, sweet interlude, sweet, sweet, sweet interlude. If you enter the barn, the swallows swoop down their summer nests. Oh my gosh, what's happening here? If you enter the barn, the swallows swoop down from their nests and scold. Cheeky, cheeky, they say. In early summer, there are plenty of things for a child to eat and drink and suck and chew. Dandelion stems are full of milk. Clover heads are loaded with nectar. The frigidaire is full of ice cold drinks. Everywhere you look is life. Even the, even the little ball of spit on the weed stalk, if you poke it apart, has a green warm inside it. And on the under, okay, and on the underside of the leaf of the potato vine are the bright orange eggs of the potato bug. It was on a day in early summer that the goose eggs hatched. This was an important event in the barn cellar. Fern was there, sitting on her stool when it happened. Except for the sit, uh, f except for the goose herself, Charlotte was the first to know that the goslings had at last arrived. The goose knew a day in advance that they were coming. She could hear their weak voices calling from inside the egg. She knew that they were in a desperately cramped position inside the shell and were most anxious to break through and get out. So she sat quiet still and talked less than usual. I want to stop here just for a moment uh, before I continue to read. Uh, why? Well, what's happening at the farm at this very moment? Summer has arrived. As you can see, the writer is describing summertime in a wonderful way. Yeah, he is describing all the greenery around us. He's also telling us that children are free to play around, right? I don't know about you guys, but when I read this part, it really made me feel nostalgic. You know, nostalgic means when you start to think about a specific time in your childhood and you start to kind of miss that time, right? It almost reminded me of when I was a kid and how I used to play with my friends on the farm and we would just play and play and play all day long because the weather was lovely, there was plenty of food, plenty of space to run around, right? And so that's what's going on on the farm right now. Okay, as you also remember, Fern is now on summer vacation, so she is visiting the barn almost every day. And it's really interesting because it says here that the animals treated her as an equal. The animals treated her as an equal. What exactly does that mean? It means that the animals feel very comfortable around Fern. They don't feel scared of her. They don't feel judged by her. They don't feel afraid of her. Okay. The animals treated her as an equal. Okay. They treated her as if she also were an animal. Okay. All right. Very, very good. 
Okay, now another big event that's happening on the farm is that, uh, you know, goslings have arrived. And what exactly is a gosling? A gosling is the baby of a goose. All right, so they have arrived. And symbolically, this is really interesting to me because you can see that the writer of this book is is really is he's reminding us of this precious feeling of life right the grass is growing plants are growing flowers are growing new birds are born uh, you know you know new animals are born there's a lot of life happening right now yeah okay when the first gosling poked its great green head through the goose's feathers and looked around charlotte spied it and made the announcement i am sure she said that every one of us here will be gratified to learn that after four weeks of unremitting effort and patience on the part of our friend the goose she now has something to show for it the goslings have arrived May I offer my sincere congratulations. So remember, guys, Charlotte is one of our newest characters, right? We read a little bit about her in the previous chapter. She is the spider that uh, Wilbur was so excited to get to know. And one thing that I am noticing with Charlotte here is that she speaks very elegantly, She's using very big words in English when she speaks, right? May I offer my sincere congratulations. So that's kind of interesting, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you, said the goose, nodding and bowing shamelessly. Thank you, said the gander. Congratulations, shouted Wilbur. How many goslings are there? I can only see one. There are seven, said the goose. Fine, said Charlotte. Seven is a lucky number. Luck had nothing to do with this, said the goose. It was good management and hard work. So you see, guys, the goose is a very proud and strong-minded animal. Okay. At this point, Templeton showed his nose from his hiding place under Wilbur's uh, through. He glanced at Fern, then crept cautiously toward the goose, keeping close to the wall. Everyone watched him, for he was not well-liked, not trusted. Remember, Templeton is the little rat. And remember, he's not very popular in the the barn. The animals don't really like him. They don't really trust him because he seems very selfish. He seems very destructive. What are you going to do with it? continued Templeton. His little round beady eyes fixed on the goose. You can have it, replied the goose. Roll it away and add it to that nasty collection of yours. Templeton had a bad habit of picking up unusual objects around the farm and storing them in his home. He saved everything. Certainly. Certainly, 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 said the gander. You may have the egg, but I'll tell you one thing, Templeton. If I ever catch you poking, oaking your ugly nose around our goslings, 
I'll give you the worst pounding a rat has ever had. And the gander opened his strong wings and beat the air with them to show his power. This is interesting, guys, because now we are seeing this protective instinct of these, you know, uh, the parents, the, the goose parents, right? Uh, the goose and the... Um, the gander, the mom and the dad, right? They are very protective and they are telling the rat, stay away from our little kids. Do not try to take them. Do not try to hurt them. Okay. Congratulations. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see here. Where are we? Where am I? Where am I? Where did I stop? La, 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 la. Mm, no, no, no. Okay. He was strong and brave. But the truth is, both the goose and the gander were worried about Templeton. And with good reason, the rat had no morals, no conscience, no scruplers, no consideration, no decency, no milk of rodent kindness, no compunctions, no higher feelings, no friendliness, no anything. He would kill a gosling if he could get away with it. The goose knew that. Everybody knew it. So you see, um, you know, the goose and the gander, the mom and the dad basically are, you know, they're trying to scare the rat and they're telling him, hey, stay away from our kids. But at the same time, they are worried. They are worried that this rat might do something bad to their kids. With her broad bill, the goose pushed the unhatched egg out of the nest and the entire company watched in disgust while the rat rolled it away. Even Wilbur, who could eat almost anything, was appalled. What, what does it mean when you are appalled? It means you are disgusted. You're like, ugh. Now, why is Wilbur disgusted? Because Templeton just took one of the eggs that have not been hatched. What does it mean when an egg hatches? You know, for example, when chickens are waiting for their babies to arrive or when geese are waiting for their babies to arrive, you know, the egg has to hatch. It has to break so that the little baby can come out. Okay, now, there seven babies have already arrived, seven little goslings, but there is one egg that didn't hatch, it didn't break. Okay, so what does the rat do? The rat takes this egg and wants to eat it. Now, you know what happens when you try to eat an old egg, right guys? Ugh, disgusting. It smells really, really bad and of course it's bad for you, right? So that's why Wilbur is disgusted. That's why all the other animals are very disgusted when they see Templeton walk away with this egg. Okay. okay. Imagine wanting a junky old rotten egg, he muttered. A rat is a rat, said Charlotte. She laughed a tinking little laugh. But my friends, if that ancient egg ever breaks, this barn will be unattainable. Untenable, excuse me, untenable. So ancient egg means very, very old egg. And this barn will be untenable, which means if this egg breaks, we will not be able to live here because the smell is going to be so bad. 
What's that mean? asked Wilbur. It means nobody will be able to live here on account of the smell. A rotten egg is a regular stink bomb. I won't break it, snarled Templeton. I know what I'm doing. I handle stuff like this all the time. He disappeared into his tunnel, pushing the goose egg in front of him. He pushed and nudged till he succeeded in rolling it to his lair under the throw. That afternoon, when the wind had died down and the barnyard was quiet and warm, um, the gray goose led her seven goslings off the nest and out into the world. Mr. Zuckerman spied them when he came with Wilbur's supper. So, you see, we have the word supper again. Now you know that that's dinner, right? This is my favorite thing about reading books in English or in any other language that you are studying. When you learn a new word, for sure, 100%, that word is going to come back again in another chapter. So when I say supper now, you already know exactly what it means. Well, hello there, he said, smiling all over. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven baby geese. Now, isn't that lovely? By the way, guys, I also want to catch your attention with the word geese, okay? Because when you say one goose, that's singular. But when you say, when you want to use that word in plural, you don't say gooses, okay? You say geese. So, one goose, many geese. As you guys can see, this chapter uh, is very short, and that's okay. So, I'm going to leave you guys here. Okay, as always, read the chapter again if you have to. Practice the words. Push yourselves to really read the book. Okay, and by the way... If this is your first time listening, then I strongly recommend that you go back to the other episodes that are available on this podcast and really listen to them. And I promise you, uh, if you are patient and, uh, you know, efficient in the sense that you write down the word, you listen to this a few times, I promise you that you're going to learn. You're going to learn a lot. Okay. Thank you so much again, guys. Talk to you soon.